Ryan, Tony, and Chris We can't guarantee that you're gonna look great. But if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the chinwits. Welcome to the Jim Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, your registered dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, sorry. I don't know why I get thrown off. Sorry. Okay, let me do it again. Let's try again. I like that. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll do it again. ba <laughs> I don't need the audio <laughs> Welcome to the Jim Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, a registered dietitian. And we are the Jim Wits. So Ryan is getting thrown off because uh, we're on a Skype call with Tony right now, which also will explain a little bit of the, uh, the difference in audio sound. Yeah, it will probably not sound like I'm there because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? Because you haven't been guess, physically in here in a bit. Yeah, I've just been crazy busy. I actually just got back from a training. Um, it's a certification in adult weight management. So I was in D.C. for a couple of days. Um, I've just been, I don't even know. Where was I before that? I don't know. Just, I ha- sometimes, my, you know, I still work a full-time job, so they need me there sometimes. So, um, yeah. But I miss day. you guys. Yeah. I miss you guys. Yeah, miss Hopefully... You are we are we gonna record? I mean, not that people need to know this, but on Halloween, <laughs> should uh, I come that day? I am uh, that day. We can do it. I mean, I'm going. We're going to Sleepy Hollow that evening, but I'll be around during the daytime. So yeah, we could definitely. I think we could get a little something, something. We can try to maybe come up with a Halloween. The question is, episode. is do I want to be in New York City? Yeah, <laughs> that might, that's a different question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. But yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm available if, if you guys want. I can do that. Nice. <laughs> so, so Tone, I, I hope you're not upset at me because I recent, we recently posted uh, an episode that had an outtake of you where you asked, it was like, oh, was this recording? It's something like that. And you were like, no, 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 stop the recording, stop the recording. And I was like, I'm going to leave this in. And you're like, no, no, don't do it. And I left it in. Sorry, Tone. Oh no! Wait, which one? It was something from a long time ago. It was very charming, the whole thing. So. Oh my gosh! What did I say? <laughs> nothing. It was nothing. It was just kind of like, oh, is this recording? Oh, I didn't realize it was rec- something. Something like that. Oh, it was, the whole thing was very cute. Okay. <laughs> oh, now I'm nervous. I'm, I, I think I listened to the most yeah. recent episode. I'm pretty sure I'm all caught up, but maybe I didn't finish it. Now I'm confused. <laughs> well, oh no! I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, so today we're talking about um, emotional eating. So I think this is an, a yeah. really good subject, I guess, to to talk about. It's something that comes up all the time, and I think it's kind of one of those things where people kind of bring it up almost like flippantly. Like, and I guess it'd be good to get some insight from you on like how you know how serious it is, and when is it really somebody doing it emotionally, and when is somebody just kind of saying it? Um, like mm-hmm. when people talk about you know being OCD. And it's like because they, you know, maybe they just wanted to straighten something out. Like, that's not really OCD. I think that's a, there's a real problem, you know, issue. So anyway, right. um, I guess if you can tell us kind of what is emotional eating and kind of how, do, how, do you, how would you describe it or define it? Emotional eating is pretty much eating for any reason other than actual physical hunger. And then your follow-up question is, when does it become a problem? And we'll get into that a little bit later. But it could literally just be trying to... to um, make yourself feel comfortable. So you could be feeling anxious and therefore you go to eat. You could be feeling sad. So you turn to eat, you turn, you're maybe angry or mad 
um, whatever emotion and then you using food as an outlet is like your coping mechanism. That's what we would define as emotional eating. Um, and most of the time it's not really planned, right? We don't like, it might be planned. Like you might just be like, Oh, I had a crappy day. So I'm going to go home and, um, have a pint of ice cream. Right. So you're technically planning it, but really if you didn't have a crappy day, you wouldn't make that plan. Mm. So it's usually a reaction to an emotion. Is it, it, would it be the same if somebody uses food as like a reward for something? Like they say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to study for eight hours. And if I do that, I'm going to, you know, I can have that slice of pizza or something. Like, is that, would that be considered emotional eating as well? Or is, since there's Mm. kind of a plan and objective, is that not really? No, not really. Got it. What about if, could it be combined with your like regular meals? Like for instance, you use the example of, oh, I've had a bad day. So, um, what about an instance like, oh, I've had a bad day, it's been brutal, you know, terrible day at work, I got into a fight with my girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever. Now it's time for dinner. Instead of having a, doing, making a smart choice, I'm going to go and today I'm going to have a bacon cheeseburger with fries and a milkshake. And that's yeah, my meal. Could that 100%. Be, so yeah. it, it could also affect your choices. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and to, to go into that a little bit um, – it it will affect your, it usually affects your choices. But to be honest, those who struggle with emotional eating don't feel good, even if they choose a healthy choice, Mm. because of the fact that it wasn't planned. And they know that it's like, there's that guilty association, there's usually a feeling of guilt associated with the action. So now you're feeling anxious or upset. And now you're also feeling guilty on top of it. That's when it starts to become more of a problem, right? Because of our mindset around it's usually not even the the actual act of eating. It's the mindset behind the act of eating. Gotcha. So in that instance where someone's like, I had a bad day, I'm just going to splurge. If if they do that and then they go back to life and that episode doesn't happen for another six months or a year or something like that, do you even, is that even cause for concern? Something no, like, no. I mean, okay. like there's times in our, li- there's times in our life where, yeah, we're completely human. It's completely normal. Um, one thing I do want to mention, though, is that food is the most easily ex- accessible thing that we have that gives us immediate pleasure, mm. right? So like sometimes people have a really bad day and they decide to drink a lot or they decide to do drugs. But those things are either illegal or they take time to get into our system. They're not as socially acceptable. They're not no. as accessible. And so therefore, there has to be kind of that pause and thought process, which then may lead them to making a better decision. The thing with food is there's really not unless you intentionally put that thought process there and you stop and take a minute, there's no real time to kind of pause and contemplate. And that's why people tend to go to food. And it's so um, it's so easily accessible. So although there are some people that might do it once a month, once every couple months or whatever, the person who, who I, like the people I help, my, my, the people I counsel with nutrition counseling, a lot of them struggle with emotional eating. And those are the people that are doing it on a regular basis and it's getting in the way of them reaching whatever nutrition goal that they have. Now, it's interesting if you've ever seen those shows and sometimes they're uplifting because you see the amount of weight, but those my 600 pound life, uh, those shows, I don't know if you've ever watched any of those where basically people are morbidly obese. They can weigh 600, 700, 800 pounds, just crazy, um, you know, levels are very unhealthy and they're basically their life, they're going to die soon. Their life is going into the to- you know, in, you know, into the toilet and they, they go to a doctor and basically they, they have to go on a very strict diet, uh, start incorporating exercise, and then potentially, if they lose enough weight, then they can have a a surgery that will also help. Um, 
almost all of them struggle with emotional eating. Right. Out of those, you know, when you watch those episodes, like a large percentage turned to food or were were, were uh, obese as a child, so their only comfort was food. Some of them, sadly, were uh, molested or anything yep. like that turned to food. Yep. Things along those lines. Yeah, there's usually a psychological component that comes with it. Um, not everyone. Sometimes it could just be you know, you're, you're dealing with day-to-day stresses and you're really stressed out. Um, but other people, and that's sometimes where it may lead to more like a binge eating disorder, um, or an eating disorder. And that's usually when people are suffering from things like, like diagnosed anxiety, depression, bipolar, um, OCD, those, those actual, um, diagnoses, there's usually that association with disordered eating or an eating disorder as a result. Um, but yeah, so what where are the people, the clientele that I work with, I usually work with people who are recovering from binge eating mm. disorder. Um, so therefore they kind of have a handle on it, but still gets in their way, but they, they, they're in therapy or they've seen, they, they're on medication for whatever physio- um, psychological condition or diagnosis that they have, like that part's kind of already taken care of, or they're mm. working with someone. And then now I'm, coming in and just helping them to be able to put it all together. Now, do you ever go back and forth with a psychiatrist or psychologist? Do they recommend that their, that, that their patients go to you, right? Does that happen? Have you, or is it, or are they sort of separate things and it's really on the, the patient or the client to make the decision of whether or not they want to see you? Well, so my business is an online business, right? So those in New York, I have partnerships with a couple of different social workers and therapists. I actually have started making connections because I have an online business and I recognize the benefit. I actually um, have been making connections with people in other states because I counsel people in other states. So I find that it's actually good to, and they have an online business as well, or if not, maybe they're around that area. So I am expanding currently. It depends honestly on the client and the person. So I do have a referral to referral basis for some, um, and some I might get on the phone with if it's really necessary. Whereas others, um, sometimes it's just like, I kind of have to believe what they say is, is what, you know, what they discuss with their therapist, because there's only so much I can do in that aspect. Cause I'm not a therapist and I don't, I don't go outside my scope. So I'm sure there's like a, a spectrum where you have, you know, people maybe, you know, um, I had, you know, I had an amazing day and I want to, you know, finish it off with a Snickers to somebody who, who binges for, for months at a time, you know, because of some problem and then everything in between. So I guess when some, with somebody that's maybe on the line where they're not quick to identify it, what are some things that you can do to kind of maybe identify if, if that might be a problem for you? Great question. Definitely that is that guilty association for sure. Um, so if you're, if you're beating yourself up about it, the next day you're telling yourself, I'm going to go on this strict diet. I'm not going to overeat again, or, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. But yet then again, you come to the next night and it's happening again and it's happening again. And if you kind of feel like you're in a cycle that you can't break, that's when we definitely need to pay attention to it. Um, other, other than, other than that, I mean, there Obviously, like I can't tell someone if they're not being aware and they don't they don't recognize it. Like I'm sure a lot of people do it, but don't necessarily 
care or notice. So that's not, so although it might be a problem, I think that they have to want to change it before we could even do anything about it. Um, Cause I was going to say another thing is obviously like, you know, if you're, you're going to bed with a really, really, you're really, really full and you kind of like, you know, you can't sleep comfortably and it's disturbing other physiological aspects. Maybe you don't, you skip your workout because you overate and stuff like that. Um, that's different, but I will say like bit that that's more towards like the binging air um, aspect versus just eating really not good food as a reaction to a problem or an emotion. And that's where it, once again, it has to be, if this person's trying to lose weight and they keep, you know, eating, they do a really great during the day. And then at nighttime they go for the like extra cookies and milk and they can't, they can't get the scale to move. Then it's a problem because they're not getting to their goal. Now, are there uh, potentially other eating disorders that emotional leading can either influence or lead to? Yeah, I would say most most eating because there's also the other side too is people who get really stressed or depressed um, or anxious and then they don't eat, which okay. technically you could classify as emotional eating because you're still trying to use food as a control. But once again, there's definitely and I think did we do did we release that episode? I think we did, right? With um, Emmeline Peaches, right? Yes. Yeah, so like that's where we covered more of like the eating disorders, where there's actually a diagnosis, which there's a criteria that falls into it. I would say if we don't pay attention, if you're using food as a coping mechanism and we're not paying attention to it and we're not intervening, then it could potentially lead to either side of the spectrum because if all you know is how to control your life through food, then that's what you're going to continue to do until someone comes in and just says, hey, maybe we should think about other ways to manage our stress. Like maybe we should get a journal. Maybe we should um, call a friend. Maybe we should chew gum. Maybe we should change their positions of where we're spending our time at night or who we're spending our time with, you know, stuff like that. And so um, now with, with someone who deals with emotional eating in general, is it something that's kind of a persistent problem or is it, is it something that comes in, in bouts? Like, you know, it's when, when there is a specific trigger, that's when it happens and then it goes away. You know, it, where, what do you find to be kind of more, more common when you're dealing with, with um, you know, clients with dealing with emotional eating? Um, so, I mean, there are, like, I'm going to go through kind of like the two extremes or two different scenarios. And I'm going to be really transparent and tell you a personal story that I went through. Um, so when I was 23 years old, I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm actually wearing her sweatshirt right now. <laughs> um, but I lost my best friend to suicide. And that was really hard for me. And it put me in a place where I, I like had known my whole life growing up because I was overweight and like I, I did deal with depression, but I never really let anybody know about it. Um, it put me in a really bad place because here I am thinking like I finally figured out my life. My best friend ends her life because she doesn't think she's worthy enough. And now I have to sit with the fact that I don't have my best friend anymore. And now I realize that I don't think I'm worthy either because I really, everything I was doing was just fluff. Like, and I realized like I never actually dealt with my insecurities as a child. And that actually led me to nights of like, I never, I never like completely overate or like, when I just didn't care. And like, I would just eat a bag of popcorn and drink wine every night and like barely did my workout. And like, it was a state in my life where 
I was probably depressed, but me, but not, not clinically depressed, just like depressed. I was having a rough time. A lot of things came up and food was the only thing I knew food and wine. And I wasn't getting drunk, but I just like was drinking every night. Like, you know, like there, there, that was kind of like, that was an experience that kind of led to that. And so it was happening on a regular basis, but eventually I actually did go back to, I went to therapy. I got, you know, I got out of it. Um, figured out, went back to my old ways of healthy eating and all that and was able to kind of go away, um, kind of, kind of overcome that. Right. Versus. So that's like kind of an extreme case, right? We deal with death. We deal with loss that happens in our life. Then we have like the other side of the spectrum of someone who, you know, ha maybe has a couple of good days, but they're really, they're, they hate their job. They're fighting with their spouse. They're, they're having difficulty getting the kids to bed. Like they're just stressed. They get home, they, they go to, they put the kids to bed. They finally have like their alone time. And now every single night it's like a fight. So it's like on a regular basis. And it's, but it's, it's not because like a big event happened that was like catastrophic and it put them in this place. It's just now it's just their way of dealing with their day-to-day -day stresses. And it's a continuation. And maybe they might have a couple of good days, but maybe they don't. And so that's where it's like, okay, when do we intervene and recognize that, you know, we need to obviously address the food component, especially if there's a goal there. But honestly, a lot of times what happens is I actually see people and refer them to therapy. They're not seeing therapy therapists first, unless they're recovering from an eating disorder or um, a mental health disorder. But for the most part, when I see someone initially for weight loss, they think they're just coming for weight loss. And it's like, no, we're going to talk and we're going to figure out like why you haven't been able to lose this weight quite yet. And as we start to unfold all the layers, we recognize, okay, there's a lot, there's more, a lot more to this, right? So we need to explore that, you know, because food's the only thing we can control. So I try and teach people to use that and to empower them, to make, to fuel them, to make them better. But first, before we can, I can even show them how to do that and get to them, get them to that point, we have to kind of go through that kind of crappy stuff first. So now, do, do you think that kind of um, like a therapy and or dietitian is always, um, you know, an intervention when it comes to emotional eating? Or can somebody kind of listen to this and, you know, maybe make a couple changes, maybe you know, increase their awareness and that help with it? Like, do you think that it's something that if you're, if you're dealing with it, you should, you know, seek, uh, seek out professional help right away? Um, I guess it depends on how how often it's happening and how much it's affecting your, um, your psyche and how much it affects like your day-to-day -day life. You know, if you think about if you, if you feel, if you kind of overeat or choose a less healthy option and now you wake up and you feel sluggish, you don't do your workout and it, then you don't do, you don't have a great day at, at work. And, um, then you fight with your spouse and you find that that cycle continues. I mean, that's really up to the person, how they want to live their life, right? Like I choose, I want to get the most out of my life. I want a I want quality and happiness and health as much as I possibly can. So even if I had that a couple times a week, I want to fix that. But some people might be okay with that, right? Definitely if there's a nutrition goal associated, it, associated with it, you want to see a registered dietitian, right? because there's something else you're, you're working on your nutrition, but you have this barrier. It's just like, it's just like, if you want to, um, you want to run for, you want to train for the New York city marathon, but you've never ran before. You got to practice, you got to work. You're probably going to hire a trainer. You're probably going to get the right sneakers. You're probably going to invest in some way to get you to be able to do that. Right. You don't have to, you can do it on your own, 
but it's usually advised to to seek someone out, especially if you're kind of talking onto the more um, extreme cases or just the cases where it's really just bothering you and you're tired of it. You're tired of being in the same place, not making any progress, and you just want to push past it. So from your experience, and I don't know if you know if there's actual any uh, data that you're aware of, are men or women more likely to suffer from this? Uh, is it 50-50 or from your experience, what have you noticed? Um, so I don't have any data on this, but I also do feel like I've just heard this before that women are more likely to be emotional eaters. Okay. Uh, probably just because they have more, there, there's more hormones involved. Sure. However, men definitely do struggle with it too and probably not spoken about much. Yes, and it was actually it's... interesting. It's it's funny because you, that you say that because I was talking to my friend and he was like, who, how do he's like, what do you really do to help your clients? Like, what do you, what do they come to you for? And I was like, well, I deal with mostly women who struggle with, um, they think weight loss, but we end up discovering it's usually related to emotional eating. And he was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's so me. Every time I eat when I'm angry, I eat when I'm anxious. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, really? <laughs> and that was my own bias and my own, like, that was so ignorant of me to not think like he would understand because he's a man as I was talking to him, but, and that was like, wow. And then, you know what? And, and also I, I do have men clients. Um, my predominant population is women, but I do counsel men. And then I started thinking and I'm like, you know what? Yes. Like my clients. Yes. We've totally just talked about this two weeks ago. Like, I don't know why I think, cause we're just so conditioned for women, like in society, we think we're like the emotional ones, but men deal with it too. Once, as you start to develop a relationship with them, like I do with my clients, they trust you, they open up to you. And I think it's the reason why we, that number for women's a little bit higher is probably just because the men aren't open about it. Mm. So, well, that's, that's actually very good information to know. If you're a woman, you, you may, there, there's, I'm sure there's data on this. Perhaps you might be more susceptible to uh, emotional eating. So it's something that you need to get checked out. But if you're a man, and you're thinking, well, you know, what's going on here, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe just because you're a man doesn't mean you're not vulnerable either. So right. get it checked out or just at least look into it. If you think, well, maybe I'm hurting myself uh, by, you know, eating or emotional eating. And just because you're a dude doesn't mean that it can't affect you too. So mm -hmm. I guess for, for both sexes, that, that's very good information to know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and, um, well, and thank you for revealing that, that story. I know it's certainly Aww. not easy to, uh, to, to talk about something like that, especially that uh, a lot of people are going to listen to. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I don't even know what, I didn't even know how to express it in the beginning because it still, sometimes I like, no, it's not true. It doesn't make sense, but it, it's, it's real. And, I realized through this process that, you know, we need to talk about this because if we don't, then we can't end suicide. Yeah. So it's, it needs to be a conversation. Do, do you think that, that you having gone through this ordeal of, of losing your best friend and being de depressed for a certain period of time helps you empathize with your clients? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Do you ever tell them about this? I, only if it, it's really necessary. If it's really necessary, sure. Yeah, I don't. I try not to share too much of hmm. my life. I mean, a lot of people follow me on social media anyway, so they already probably know because I yeah. I do a lot of what I do is for her. 
you know, that drive of I've always, I had my blog tips with Tony in college, um, for about a year when it had happened. Um, and then I kind of took a pause from it cause it was, I didn't obviously like have any emotion or, you know, it just didn't have any motivation. Um, and then when I returned to it, I realized like, I need to do this. I need people to invest in their health and wellness so that they can gain that self-confidence to recognize that they are worth it in this world and that they have a purpose and a place. And I don't, I truly believe my whole mission is until you fuel your, your body properly and in exercise regularly and really embrace that healthy lifestyle, I don't think you're living to your potential. And I don't even think you're opening up your mind to visibly think and be creative of what you can potentially do in this, in this world. I think everybody here is unique and they have a purpose, but if we're stuffing it with a poor diet, lack of exercise, you know, stressful days, stressful, our stressful life, we can't possibly even think of the possibilities of what we can live up to. So a lot of what I do is for her. So when are you writing your, your first self-help book? I've debated writing a book for like a year now. I'm sure you have. I don't want to write. I don't, I hate, and I have to like reframe this because, you know, people (laughs) need the message, but I don't like writing. It's why my whole tip to tone, now everything is video now. Yeah, yeah. My whole Instagram account, it's all video because I think you can connect with people better. I can, maybe I'll write an audio. You you may not, you you may not, yeah, yeah. You you may not like writing, but people like buying books. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. That's true. I'm so, totally so. I'm being healthy, and I'm home, and I'm killing two birds with one stone. No pun intended, because I'm making chicken. So I'm just gonna turn this off one second. Nice. <laughs> okay, we're good. I just wanted it. Luckily, I'm right by the stove, but I thought I timed it right. But it'd be super dry if I didn't just turn so, that off. <laughs> so you don't have any uh, any costume ideas? Costume you, ideas? Yeah. Are you, are you dressing up as anything? I hate Halloween. <laughs> oh, the truth, <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> the truth comes out. I loved like Halloween when I, I was thought pumpkins were very... in college. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like all about dressing up like, you know, skanky and stuff. <laughs> to be... <laughs> I don't like it anymore. <laughs> Ryan and I have had done so many awesome costumes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, actually pretty good. You guys, have, well, you guys yeah, we like, I mean, you love, you love Comic-Con. Like, you like dressing up. I don't like yeah. that stuff. Yeah, we, gotta, we gotta get back to it. Like next year, we have to plan Halloween because we haven't planned that. We haven't yeah, done, really yeah, have to plan. I haven't done a theme in a while. I still want to do Masters of the Universe. Uh, oh yeah, well, you were He Man one. No, day. I wasn't. It was never He Man. It's Ultimate Warrior. Oh, you were Ultimate no, Warrior, right? No, you. But I actually want to do Skeletor. Oh, you want to do Skeletor? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's sincere, but you sort of look like He Man. Yeah, you make a badass costume with Skeletor. I think about it. I guess so. That'd be awesome. My perhaps my my greatest experience in Halloween was in college when I had a really awesome Michael Myers. And by the way, have you seen the, the new yeah. Halloween? Yeah. How is it? It's okay. It's worth it's seeing. Not bad. It's, it's pretty good. Worth seeing in theaters or wait till it comes, you know. It's your call. If you're into horror, horror movies, it's worth seeing. Um, I, mean, I like, you know, I, like things, I just saw that original movie. Halloween. I think it's like Haunting on, The Haunting on Hill House, which is on Netflix, which is yeah. phenomenal. So kind of like after you see a really good horror series... Um, and then seeing Halloween, it's like, you know, it's a standard, you know, it's good, but it's How are you ever going to get better than the original? You know, that's yeah. a sort of a classic. But, um, so anyhow, I had a really awesome Michael Myers costume. I had the mask and I had a just creepy looking jumpsuit. And I remember I was like walking, it was sort of later at night and I, ju- and I guess a, a couple of girls saw me like walking and it was like by myself and they just started 
screaming and running away from me. And I was like, I don't, I don't know why that, um, but I guess it was just such a good costume that, you know. On Halloween, that's weird. On Halloween. Well, look, I mean, they, they were clearly laughing and, and oh. running, but like. Oh, cool. Then that changes the whole story. They weren't. I mean, but they, they were playing along with it. But it was fun. They weren't. I, I don't think they were actually. Like, look, it was Halloween. They knew that I was good. But then that changes the story. Yeah, but it was fun. It was all part of the experience. I know, but you were telling it as if. I don't know. No, I don't know if they were actually scared because it's Halloween. But, but it was. They, you know, we were having a good time. So there was just. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I would be scared. I think Halloween is so creepy. Like the fact that you don't know who's behind that mask. It's like true, it could be true. anyone. Yeah. Uh. No, we'll, we'll plan. We'll do it Tim. What's Halloween? Okay. Well, we may, we, yeah, we should do a segment about candy and like what you can do. Like I'll do some research, even though I pretty much know what to say, but I don't want to give it all away. If you were here uh, next, uh, well, Huh. But the thing is, it'll yeah. be after Halloween. Yeah, it'll be after Halloween. Yeah. 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 Well, look, most of, most of well, if you could do a go trick or treating our, our kids, and it's you know it's going to be tough to tell a twelve year old kid right. to like not even. Well, if you are, are you going to re- when are you going to release this episode? Because I can quickly give some Halloween tips before. Yeah, yeah. give us some Halloween well, we, tips. We probably won't be releasing this until after Halloween. But if you want to do like a short, like a tips with Tony, we can always. Oh do that. yeah, that's a good. It's a good TWT. Oh, that's a good idea. All right, I'm gonna record a tips with Tony Halloween episode. Nice. Yeah. So all, all of our listeners now are privy to like, you know, like the back end, like behind the scenes yeah, discussion yeah. right now. It's just, <laughs> we should just leave it in. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave it in. Yeah. Anyhow, leave so in. Ryan, take us home. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well. Um, Wait, you, I'm not yeah. done. Oh, Wait, oh okay. I'm not okay. Done. Okay, okay. I have. <laughs> I want to mention because yeah. you did ask like if someone was trying to do this on their own. I don't advise okay. it. Okay. Um, but if you are, there's are certain things that you need to recognize with emotional eating. There's certain triggers. Okay. So time of day. So a lot of people struggle with that nighttime snacking, that nighttime mm-hmm. eating, but it could be a different time of day. So the only way, so what we can do is we can manipulate time. So what does that mean? We can maybe go to bed earlier. We can go to the gym maybe later so that we're not home. So we're able to eat. Uh, we can go for a walk after dinner. We manipulate time by um, just changing what you do at that time. The other thing is location. So if for you, watching television makes you go to, into the cupboards, then we need to turn the TV off. Or maybe if you usually go in the living room, um, we need to put you into, you know, the downstairs or the upstairs or the kitchen. Or not the kitchen, obviously. Um, you know, changing the location. Okay. So time and location And then the mood, the mood obviously is the driving factor. So maybe when you're obviously less stressed, you're not able, you're, you're not going to turn to food. So when you're stressed out, what can you do in those moments? You know, maybe count down five, four, three, two, one, take a couple deep breaths, maybe get a journal, write it out, maybe play some music, um, maybe, um, you know, go for, if you can like get a quick massage, whatever it is, whatever you manage your stress, like that and that you're a stressful eater, we need to work on the cause of that, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the three things and those are the takeaways that I want people to recognize is that there are ways for you to manage it on your own. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult, um, but you can do it. And the last thing is it's a practice, okay? Be patient with yourself. It takes time. And if you need someone to help you with the accountability, with strategic planning, I actually am opening up more spaces in my um in my schedule. So people can go to the link in my bio on tips with Tony, um, on the, in, my Instagram account and apply to work me with me there, or they can just send me an email to tips with Tony at gmail.com. 
and just say that they're interested in learning more about it. And then I can send them the application and we can go from there. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to tell them like, okay, here's the problem with emotional yeah. eating and then not tell them like sure, how they sure. can go yeah. about it. <laughs> and then and if anybody has any other questions, please, as always, like shoot us a message. We can always yes. answer. If you have a story, your own experience with that, please or, write in. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll, we can respond online or in an ask the trainer or ask the dietitian episode of the podcast. All right. Well, I guess that's it. So uh, anything else to share or anything else we want to that we missed? No, I think that's cool. it. All right. And well, stay tuned for uh, the uh, TWT on Halloween candy Well, eating. don't stay tuned for it because that will have come out before this episode comes oh, out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. So, so <laughs> yeah. Or you're going to be like a year ahead and you're just going to have to remember that. Oh, time. yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to twist it somehow, but I can't because no, the other one's coming out first. Yeah. So, so hope you listen to that episode. Hope, hope you have listened to it. Right. If not, go back in time and listen to it before Halloween so you can help, you know, with your kids and having them not eat too much candy on Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Or yourself. (laughs) Yeah, or yourself. All right, well, uh, all of our subs at thegymwits.com. You can find all of our social media, everything, including, you know, Halloween pictures um, that will will have been posted by now. Um, So that's it. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, your registered dietitian, helping you get healthy one bite at a time. And we are the Jim Rick.